On today's episode of Saved by the Ball, we have a special edition podcast. We have the Saved by the Ball brawl, first ever. We got the boys in town, hanging at the lake, so we're going to have some fun with it. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to spend some time talking about sports. We're going to throw out some points, and we're going to do some friendly competition. So for our panelists, we have Carl. What's up, guys? Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on, Evan. This is Connor. I'm glad to be here hanging out with the boys. My name's Andrew. What's up, my nerds? <laughs> My name's Austin. It's good to be here, Evan. Thanks for having me. And my name's Darren. Uh, I was here last week, and it's a pleasure to be on the first annual uh, Saved by the Ball Brawl. I'm going to take it home. All right, let's do it. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. All right, now up for our first segment. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. We got the first game done in a spectacular game. The Cavs blew it in the final seconds of the game to give the Warriors the win in overtime. That was in Golden State. Kind of a surprising fact that they were able to keep it so close in Oakland. But, Carl, what um, what surprised you the most in Game 1? I mean, I think like what you said, just the ability for them to keep it close. You know, they were there the whole game. Uh, in my opinion, I thought it was going to be a blowout. I mean, you have four of the best basketball players in the game today, uh, all on one team. You have three officials that are basically working against you, as we saw in the Rocket series. Um, but just the fact that they were able to keep it close in Oracle. They survived the Warriors' notorious third-quarter run, um, which ended up killing the Rockets in the conference finals. Um, I think that they this was the game that they needed to win uh, on the road to steal. I just don't see them winning another game. Uh, there is hope, obviously, because I didn't think they'd have a chance in the first game, and they kept it close. But my biggest takeaway is they're they're there. I mean, they match up well. I mean, when Javel McGee is getting playing time for the Warriors, you know you're at some kind of advantage. So we'll see how it goes. I don't see the Cavs doing that well the rest of the series, but you know. Game one was a surprise. I don't see why the other games can't be either. Definitely. So kind of how we'll score this is I'll just kind of throw out points based on y'all's arguments. So I'll give you like, what, zero to five? So solid argument. I'll give you three points for that. Darren, what about you? What surprised you the most? Um, <clears throat> similar to what Carl said, <laughs> you know, it was really surprising to see the Cavs keep it so close. Uh, we turned on the game. In the I think it was the second quarter, and we were expecting to see a 20-point blowout already, and it was – five-point game another surprise was them withstanding the third quarter Warriors team like Carl said um, but without stealing his entire point I'll, I'll say the biggest surprise is uh, J.R. J.R. Smith's idiocy um, we all knew he was a dumbass but but he reached new levels uh, in game one no no clock awareness and uh, he basically cost the game after the missed free throw so uh, that's my biggest takeaway that's pretty solid there. I'll give you three for that. Connor, what about you? What surprised you the most? Was JR the reason why the Cavs lost this game? I wouldn't say JR is the reason they lost. Um, I mean, honestly speaking, I, I had turned it on fourth quarter, five minutes left. But um, I, like I said, JR's not to blame there. I'll throw in a couple missed calls by the refs as well. Not blaming the refs. But <clears> I <throat> think if you go back and look at some of those plays at the refs or some of those fouls that the refs called, especially the one on LeBron taking the block and they overturned it, 
I think the Cavs probably would have won that game without that. But, um, you know, I, I think I was surprised by the Cavs, honestly. I was surprised they, they showed up like they did. I imagined it was going to be a 15-point blowout. I believe the largest lead that the Warriors had or the Cavs was seven points, one of the two. Stay with it, it stayed close until overtime. But, yeah, I mean, right now, since it's they're down 0-1, um, they got to win this one. If not this one, I, I can see them getting swept, maybe get a game at home. But um, if they show up later like last night, you got LeBron dropping, what, 51, something like that. Um, I still see them. If, if, he, if they can produce the same way they did last game, I, I can see them take a game, go back, split Cleveland, um, and then they got they got hopes. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I, I still think the Warriors are going to win in five. Times. Okay. Austin, what about you? Uh, did you expect the Cavs to get blown out, or did you kind of see them putting up a good fight? No, I was fully expecting them to get blown out. Fully expecting it, um, but of course, when you have LeBron James in a final series, uh, your team is definitely going to be in it. Um, the guy is definitely the greatest player that I've ever seen play. LeBron um, James. I mean, the Cavs were in it the entire time. Um, I, I do think that was the most surprising thing. Uh, I guess also, I'm surprised that the Warriors didn't score more. Awesome. <laughs> and, gee, lastly, on to you. What surprised you the most about game one? He got, like, one point for that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like two. Um, I don't know. All I got to say. <laughs> no, during one of the commercial breaks, they were pulling up stats from the finals for the past three years. In every single game that LeBron's played with the Warriors, he's had 40-plus points. And it's like, to see him do that consecutively every single year against the Warriors, it's like, I don't know how he can handle it and carry his team game after game after game and I mean JR is a re- big reason why they lost but also like just not having players that can produce points like that like just having LeBron do that that's another reason why they lose it's just one man it's a one man show um, I mean I was expecting it to be a blowout I think everybody was and especially but then whenever Clay Thompson went out when J.R. Smith collided with them like I thought that was when the Cavs had a chance because he got hurt but then he ended up coming back but I don't know I think J.R. kind of ruined the streak but um, it was definitely an eye-opening game more than I thought. That's good. Nice a good shooter. So. Yeah. So definitely. So what? What would? Uh, what are the things that Cavs need to do in order to win this series, Connor? You put the weight on LeBron, and you need you need supporting cast to get 20, 25 here. I think you need Kevin Love to step up. He's got to get Al at least twenty-five. He's got to hit threes. He's got to dish the ball too. I was, I put some weight on George Hill as well. Um, he needs to get him 15, 16. And then down low, Tristan Thompson, man, he's getting paid fifteen and a half mil a year to play, and he's just only getting like five boards, six boards a game. He's gotta, he's gotta get down low, post up, box out, get some rebounds. You know, hey, he's gotta show up. He, it's like I said with the Rockets, if the Rockets were gonna beat the Warriors, Capella's gotta show up. Same thing with Tristan Thompson. He's gotta get at least 18, 20 points, maybe get 10, 12 boards, two, three blocks, and they do that. LeBron gets his forty, forty-five. I, they got a shot, man. I mean, that's. Just the supporting guys got to show up. Awesome. What about you? What do, what do the Cavs have to do in order for them to pull this one off? Man, they just got to stop Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You just that because that's so easy to do. I mean, you, you can let KD score as much as you want, but you have to stop those two guys. You cannot let Klay Thompson and Steph Curry score twenty five each. So you're saying it's a full defensive aspect for them. That's what's really yeah. going to make or break them as yeah. their defense. The, I mean, KD's. He's six foot eleven, can shoot from basically anywhere on the floor. I mean, the I mean, even if LeBron is guarding him, he still has 
three, four inches on him, um, it's still a mismatch for LeBron. Uh, so you have to guard Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They're a little shorter. They're less athletic. They're not as good as creating their or at creating their own shot. Um, if you can stop them and hold them to like 30 points combined, then you have a solid shot at beating them. That's what the Rockets did in their series, and they took them to seven. Um, I mean, they were letting KD score 40, but at least they were at least they were in the game. Um, but I think that's the main key. You just got to stop those two guys, and if you can, you have a very solid chance at winning the game. So, Darren, is it more of an offensive battle for Cleveland to step up, or like Austin said, is it all their defense that is what's going to bring them to this championship? Um, I'd say neither. I'd say... If Cleveland wants any shot of winning the finals, uh, they need to find the nearest uh, place of worship in Oakland, California, and uh, reconnect with God, uh, put up a prayer, and because uh, yeah, that the only thing, only thing that's going to win them a championship in this series is an act of God. Gee, what about you? What do you think needs to happen in order for the Cavs to pull off this championship? It all depends on what they can do in the third quarter, because the third quarter is what killed the Rockets. Klay uh, Thompson, Steph Curry, they would just jack up a three on a whim. I mean, they all pretty much went in, but it's a, it's a defensive game. Um, if they can stop, if they can at least isolate Clay and uh, Steph, and just like sit said, just like just like KD do everything, and then just stop threes, third quarter game. Carl, what about you? What do you think? I want to say I agree more with Austin. I think defensively is where the, the Cavs have to step up. You know LeBron's going to have a high output at night on the offensive on the offensive end every single night. Uh, I believe... Because if Cavs he doesn't, then they, they, yeah. there's no conversation it, anyway because exactly. they're not going to be even Exactly. Close. So you know LeBron's going to get his. Kevin Love will find his game, I think. Uh, don't uh, We've made fun of him, but J.R. Smith has the ability. If he gets hot, man, he can single-handedly keep a, a team in the game, honestly. Um, Until there's five seconds left. But I think... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think definitely it's going to have to be done on the defensive end. I think we need Tristan Thompson is going to have to be solid down low. Uh, we need players like George Hill to uh, to really do good defensive work on uh, on Clay and and Steph and whoever Livingston even. Um, but yeah, no, if they can keep it under a hundred points, that's what the Rockets were able to do when they uh, were successful in the Western Conference Finals, and I think the the Cavs did that pretty well uh, towards the end of the game. It was pretty low scoring for a Warriors game, and uh, I think defensively is where they're going to have to get it done. Nice. So after that first round for the leaderboard, we got G in the lead with eight. Connor and Darian was tied with seven right behind that. Carl with six and Austin with five. So with that, we're moving into our next segment. We're going to go NHL. We're talking hockey. We're talking Stanley Cup. We've had two games so far. It's tied up. We got the... Uh, expansion team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights versus the Washington Capitals. What can we expect? Who's going to win the cup this year, G? <laughs> uh, my uh, hockey expertise is very limited. Um, I'm going to go with the Caps. I think that's like negative five points right there. <laughs> that's all I know, boys. I'm going to have to bow out on the hockey topic. <laughs> yeah, wait. Austin, doing, Austin, what about you? Are we doing like eliminations? or That's at the end yeah, of ah, the third break. Okay. I'm going to go with the... Uh, the Golden Knights, um, I mean, they won, like, what, 50 games this year? And, I mean, everyone likes a good, uh, I wouldn't say they're an underdog, but 
they're an expansion team and no one expected them to be here. Um, so that in itself is amazing and if they can if they can come away with a championship in their first year, that would just be a good story. Yeah, definitely. Connor, what about you? You're the hockey expert. Yeah, big hockey guy. So my Preds got bounced by the Jets, but um I got nice. I I really think they're gonna get it done. I it's gonna it's a hell of a series, honestly. I mean the caps you got over checking. Good guy. I mean, I don't know. It's it's going seven. I think I have seven. Got Knights winning it all. I think with Carlson behind them. You got Flurry. I'm riding the wave of Flurry. He's playing out of his mind right now. Um, Knights and seven, but still, I mean, it's it's gonna be a battle. You got Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Holby, save of the year right there. Last game, guy. Without that, I think they would have won maybe two games. But now going back to Washington, um, it's going to be a big game, I think, if Washington takes this one. We'll see. I think Washington might win in six if they take this. But, uh, yep, Knights in seven, in my opinion. Darren, you're shaking your head. What do you think? <clears throat> well, I mean, it's easy for somebody who who knows little about hockey to make the emotional pick and, and pick the Knights, the Cinderella story. Um, Are but, they the Cinderella story? Yeah, I mean, being a first-year expansion team um, – it's pretty incredible the ride they're on, but uh, you know, looking into the analysis more and the stats more, uh, you can't you can't pick against the, the Washington, you can't pick against the the Caps in this series. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, Ovechkin and my boy Oshi, they're gonna go get it done. What's Oshi's first name? TJ. Oh, good job. <laughs> so Carl, who's the bigger Cinderella story here, and who do you have winning the cup? I mean, when you when you immediately look at it, obviously Vegas is the bigger Cinderella story. They're their first-year team of cast-outs, of, of unwanted players. And I think I think that in itself is, is what's driven them the whole season. They have this chip on their shoulder where they say, okay, we're not protected players by our other teams. Uh, we obviously don't – we obviously aren't wanted. Um, but then they found a team in Vegas, and I think it just – it all came together well. Um, so obviously that's the clear Cinderella. But I would have to say – the Caps are also a little bit of a Cinderella story. When's the last time they made the finals? Like 1997 or something crazy like that. Ovechkin has played his whole career without getting to a conference finals, and now he's he's here in the Stanley Cup finals. So. Would you say he's one of the greatest of all time? Uh, I mean, maybe uh, foreign-born. I mean, I mean, obviously the NHL has a lot of foreign-born players, but he's good. I wouldn't put him on like the Mount Rushmore of hockey players, but... But, I mean, to answer the question, I, I think the Caps got it. They already took one uh, in Vegas on the road. I mean, they have the same underdog mentality, but I think they have better quality players. You have Ovechkin, you have Holtby, you have uh, Beagle, you have uh, Oshi, you have all these guys, Kuznetsov, that have, you know, they're on a team that's never done anything. And so don't, don't overlook that mentality in the Caps as well. So I, I think they'll take it. It'll be a good series, but I think they'll win it. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be back and forth. I think we can all agree it's going to be close, most likely seven games. and It's going to be one for the books, definitely with the Golden Knights being an expansion team and all. It's definitely exciting for them and for the Caps. Since they haven't won in a long time, it's going to be extra important for them as well. So at the end of that segment, it's a close one here. we got Carl, Connor, and Darren all tied with 10 points. Behind that, G's with 9 and Austin's an 8. I'm going to do one more segment, and then we're going to do our showdown where we cut everybody but the top two, and they'll go down into their showdown. So with the three-way tie right now, it's going to be...
going to be important going into this last segment. We're going to be talking about some baseball, MLB, all of our favorite conversations. So let's get excited about this one. So there's a lot going on in baseball right now, a lot of back and forth. Obviously, the three top teams in the AL right now include the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros, and they keep jumping spots. And the NL, you got some teams that are on fire as well with Colorado, the Diamondbacks, and that's about <laughs> it. The NL, the NL is kind of irrelevant at this point. So in your mind, the hottest team in the MLB right now is blank, Connor. Right now, if we're speaking right now, I still say the Red Sox. Um, even though our Astros, since we're all Astros fans, um, took two last night, or we took game, what, yeah, game two last night. Um, I still say the Red Sox. But um, looking at it, I, I'll be a little biased. I mean, I still think the Astros, they get the hitting going. Astros the hottest team with the pitching, the rotation, everything. Hottest team, but Red Sox, I still right. I, I still think they're the hottest team with Mookie Betts. You got Sale so which still one going. Is it? Um, Red Sox, big dog. <laughs> yeah, you'll take Strohs. It's all good. Pretty sure Betts just went on the DL. So, but, um, so Darren, are yeah. you taking the Strohs or are you taking Red Sox? Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't take Strohs for hottest team. Uh, I think they're the best team. Uh, as far as hottest goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb and say the Yankees. Uh, Yankees are Yankees are playing pretty good right now. Uh, they looked they looked good against the Strohs for sure. Um, so I, I mean I don't think it'll last. I think it'll kind of fizzle out at the end, and, and the Strohs will prevail. But uh, hottest team right now, New York Yankees. What about you? Uh, Carl, what about you? You're shaking your head over there. There's there's a lot of hot teams. Uh, obviously, the favorites are the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros. But I mean, look at a team like the like the Mariners. They're like a game behind the Astros right now. I think their run differential over the past two weeks has been plus like five, but they've still won, managed to win games. So there there seems like that that are on fire. You also have the Brewers in the Central who are all, who are on fire as well. But I gotta say, the hottest team overall, the the Atlanta Braves. Like, no one expected them to do anything. They remind me a lot of the 2015 Astros team that was really young, kind of ahead of schedule, uh, where they're expected to be. Um, no one expected anything. Now they are in a tough division. Obviously, Washington is didn't get off to a great start, but they're gonna catch up. Uh, so it's gonna be a battle down to the end. But at this moment, I gotta say the Braves are are up there for one of the hottest teams in in baseball. Gene, nice. what do you think? Good take there, Carl. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hot awesome. Take. What about you? What do you think? I'll go with my hometown team and say the Houston Astros. Um, I mean, they got the, the pitching staff. Um, I mean, their bullpen right now is with like a, like a sub-2 ERA or something like that right now. Um, all that needs to get fixed right now is the bats. If, if you can support that pitching cast, they will win a ton of games. Um, and I don't see the, the pitching uh, giving out many runs anytime soon. So uh, they just need to get the bats started, and, and then they'll continue to roll. All right. So what would you all say is the most week. crucial part of baseball in today's day and age? What would you rather have? Would you rather have all-star pitching or superstar hitting? Whew. That's a tough one. Me, personally, I'd say hitting. Just look at the Astros last year. Um, their bullpen was, it was decently good. It got them through, but just based off what we did hitting wise and Altuve batting, I believe 340 Springer was, had a good year, Correa, good year, Bregman. I mean, you just knock the ball, you hit it, get guys on base, move them up, cranks them out of the park. I mean, look at it. It got it done for us. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, I would say at this day and age, hitting. Yeah. What about you? You know, I I gotta look at the reverse side of that. Um, <clears throat> you have good pitching, and you can stop the teams like the Astros, uh, who like teeing off. I mean, uh, this day and age, an MLB, an MLB team is gonna have good hitting. Um, with all the new technology and all the new uh, new innovations and in, in swing technology and, and cameras and stuff like that, uh, you know, hitters can hitters can refine their swing and uh, and and figure out MLB pitching pretty easily. Uh, so if you don't have a good pitching staff, if you don't have a good bullpen, if you don't have an all around good pitching unit, uh, you're going to struggle heavily in the MLB. Um, you're going to lose a lot of. 10 to 9 games, uh, you're going to lose a lot of uh, 10 to 1 games. I mean, you, you got to keep it close. You got to, you got to, you got to have the support from, on the defensive end uh, if you're going to put up big offensive numbers. Carl, what about you? You signed more with Connor. You signed, you signed more with Darren. I'm going to side more with Connor on this one. Uh, we saw it earlier in the year. I mean, obviously, I think Sit brought it up earlier. Astros have an incredible starting rotation. I mean, their their ERA, I think, is like. Two and a half, which is insane. On track for one of the best of all time. But we see instances like Verlander a couple weeks ago. I think he had a span of three starts where he gave up two runs. Mm-hmm. And those three starts, I think they lost you know, they all lost three all of those three games. Of the games. Loss, yeah. Like one to nothing. So, I mean, you're going to have you're gonna have to have that offense. Obviously, you can have a stud starting pitcher go out every single night, as the case of the Astros. Verlander. Or the Yankees up there as well. Um, but if your offense isn't scoring... Your guy goes out there and gets one run through seven or eight innings, and you can't put up a run. It's it's not a good look for your team. So, I mean, obviously everyone's obsessed with home runs and all that power, but at the end of the day, you got to do little things on offense. Um, and I think that's that that's what put your team over the top. Now, definitely, G, do you want to come join this conversation? <laughs> not big dog. So, Andrew, while you were gone, we we're talking about the MLB. The hottest team in the MLB right now is blank. Who do you have? Red Sox, they're on fire. It's going to come down between the Masters again. Uh, Yankees, Giancarlo Stanton, he's uh, either hits a home run or strikes out. So I thought the Yankees were going to be scary this year, but seeing how him and Aaron Judge struggling at the bat, um, they can't do it. But it's going to be Red Sox are my team, then the Astros, and then probably the Angels, top three. And probably the Rangers. Uh, I wish, I wish, but no. They also have a pitching problem like Houston does for closers, and they can never win. So at the end of that, now we're starting to go into the cuts. On the leaderboard, we have Darren and Carl now tied with 17. Connor in third with 16, followed behind G with 13, and Austin with 11. So Darren and Carl, you're moving on to the showdown. Carl, Darren, FIFA World Cup is coming up in, in about a month. U.S. isn't in it, but, you know, it's still one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Biggest thing for sports. So, who do y'all have winning the World Cup? Darren, would you like to go first? Uh, No, I'll pass this on to you. Okay, perfect. Uh, Well, obviously, I mean, to start off, I'm excited for the World Cup. It's always a good time, even if the U.S. isn't in it. Um, It's still good to see. Uh, It's always always a fun time. Um, But you have favorites such as, as Germany and you have France and obviously Brazil is up there as well. But right now, I'm going to take the team I was really high on in the last World Cup, Belgium. I feel like they can do it. Their squad is stacked. They have all kinds of players on their team. They have De Bruyne, they have Hazard, they have company, they have 
Lukaku, they have Vermalin. I mean, all these guys. I mean, they're they're keepers, two world class keepers, and only one of them's gonna be able to play. Um, like I said, I was really really high on them in 2014. Obviously, they beat the U.S. in the round of 16, made it onto the quarterfinals. So I guess it wasn't a complete failure, but I think they had a lot of expectations to do well and do farther or go farther than than they did. Um, but I think this year's the year. If you're looking for a surprise team. I would say Belgium. Obviously, it's hard to overlook Germany, uh, but for me, Belgium's got it. That's a four-point argument right there. I like it. Darren, what about you? Who do you have? Uh, like Carl said, I think I think Belgium is a, a pretty solid pick. I mean, they're coming out of a very easy group. Um, I think you can also look at Argentina. Uh, they have the LeBron of soccer with Messi, um, but I'm going to stick to my roots. Uh, I'm going to go with Germany. Uh, they have a pretty tough group. Um, but you know, Lowe always has that group running like a fine old machine. Um, you got Tony Cruz, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna get, get the work done. Um, so, so I think, I think Germany's got it. Yeah. Germany's a pretty stacked team, especially with them winning the world cup last year, last, uh, last world cup. How do you think you scared me a little bit when you started mentioning Belgium? I thought you were about to say the same argument as Carl, but I'm, I'm glad that you decided to pick a different team. Um, and then just threw in the Argentina there for... It's a safe team, Evan. I don't think he should get any points for yeah, that. I wouldn't call it safe. We'll, 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 we'll give that a uh, we'll give that a three-point argument. So with the final round, Darren, you're down by one. Darren, oh, I we have one you. more round. <laughs> <laughs> so last question. This is we'll determine the winner. Let's have a little Texas fun. Your boy, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, just signed a contract in the in the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Does this mean anything, and what are the chances that he makes it back to the NFL? Darren, you go first this time. It means absolutely nothing. Um, Johnny Menzel is the Tiger Woods of football. Uh, they cover him just because he was good in his, in his past. Uh, they cover him because of his name. Um, he went to the CFL. He's not even, not even a starting quarterback. Uh, he went in the game yesterday and looked terrible. He looked like a fish out of water. Uh, he had no pocket presence. He was... Getting called for uh, intentional grounding. He didn't even know the rules of the CFL. So uh, it was, I mean, I'm, I know uh, Sports Center is having a blast with that, but uh, it's, it's no story to me. I don't see there's, how there's any way he can make it back in the NFL. Carl, story here or no story? Uh, definitely story here. I'm going to go ahead and say I think Darren's just a little upset because Vince Young flamed out of the NFL faster oh. than a freaking uh, like a candle, dude. Uh, let me know when Johnny Menzel wins NFL Rookie of the Year. Okay, well, anyways, doesn't matter. At least he doesn't go <laughs> missing. Find Vince Young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways. No, I mean, it's a story. You've seen, you've seen examples of the past where uh, guys have gone out of the NFL, gone to the CFL, done well for the year and have been able to come back in the NFL. Now, obviously, Johnny is a, is a special talent. Like Darren said, I agree. He had a little trouble staying in the pocket. Um, he didn't look game ready, I guess, but, I mean, it's preseason. I, I think it, it should be a story. I don't think it's a huge story. But I think it's just something he to makes keep it to the on. NFL. I think he can make it. I don't know if he'll play. I don't know in what capacity he will be playing in the NFL. Uh, third string quarterback, backup quarterback, starter on a horrible team. I mean, but I think it's something to keep an eye on. I think obviously he has all the talent in the world and can make it back. He's proved that he's been at least somewhat competent uh, when he was on the Browns. He was all right. But I think overall, more importantly, he's gotten his act together off the field. So I think that would do more for him than 
for talent. Even if he doesn't make it in the NFL, it's good to see a guy overcome his his addictions and whatnot. Darren, any chance a, he, he makes it to the NFL? You know, my problem with Johnny is to be a top tier starting NFL quarterback, you gotta you gotta put your mind to the books, you gotta study film, you gotta perfect your craft. I think Johnny made it in college because of his athletic ability alone. Uh, he was a dynamic, dynamic athlete. Uh, he was a he was a man amongst boys on the college football field. But NFL is a different ball game. Uh, to be successful in the NFL, you gotta read coverages. You gotta you gotta find open receivers. You gotta throw to tight windows. You gotta have pocket presence. You gotta you gotta know the playbook in and out. And I don't think Johnny has the the mental capacity, the drive, the focus to to do that. Um, I. I feel like at best he can make it back to the NFL and be on like a practice squad or like a third third string quarterback, but uh, that's about it. Nice. Darren, I'm going to have to give you the points there. That's bullshit. Darren, FaceTime, go. So for my FaceTime, um, I'm going to talk about how corrupt the NBA is, uh, how fixed the entire league is, how awful it is to watch nowadays, um, how corrupt the refs are, how biased the refs are, how situational the refs are, uh, the refs. The refs make calls to keep the game close. They don't make calls by the rule book. You see all kinds of pardons against what's in the NBA rule book in the playoffs. Um, you see players that should be should be suspended, should get tech 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 fouls, uh, not get tech fouls. Uh, Draymond Green. You see completely complete disregard for the rules on a part uh, on behalf of the NBA players, and these these fouls aren't aren't going called, and it's disrupting the game and and changing results of games and I think it's ridiculous and it makes the NBA not fun to watch and uh, that's why we're sticking to the the NHL uh, finals and college college baseball regionals and that's our show appreciate you listening that was the first edition of the Saved by the Ball brawl keep an eye out for us next week follow us on Twitter at SBB podcast take it easy Dearly love to be But I